Many podcasters stick with the normal podcasting practices, but you, you're different. You like to be different and try different things. You do it like this, and then you break the mold. This is Podcasting Experiments, and this is where we focus on different things that we can try with our podcast to make them different and hopefully better. You can check out the website at podcastingexperiments.com. My name is Joshua Rivers from Podcast Guy Media, where I help people start and produce their podcast. This is the fifth episode of season six, where we are looking at local podcasting by talking to people that are doing a local podcast, whether it's their own town, city, county, or state. These podcasters bring the focus of their podcast topic to their local region. Due to an increasing urge to get out of their office and talk about something other than horses on their podcast, Jamie and Glenn went from running the Horse Radio Network to traveling across the state of Florida, developing valuable associations, gaining maximum exposure to the local community, establishing partnerships with the local media, and founding a popular travel show called the Florida Podcast Network. And the specific podcast that we're going to be talking about today is called Finding Florida. Now, Glenn is known as Glenn the Geek, and he's been on the podcast before. Specifically talking about the Finding Florida podcast. So why did you want to start that podcast? I'll, I'll lead that one because I think I talked <laughs> Jamie into it. Um, you sure did. <laughs> <laughs> I regret it every day. <laughs> I've been doing podcasting, as you know, for a very long time. And, you know, I'm in the house working 100 hours a week and seven days a week. And I just need to get out of the house occasionally. Plus, I needed to do a show where I just wasn't talking about horses. And, you know, because I think at that point we had probably done about literally about 6,000 episodes. So I said that I met Jemmy and we got along really well. And then we talked, she started working with us here at the horse radio network. And then we talked about doing another network, the Florida podcast network. And I said, look, I got to do a travel show. I got to get out of the house. <laughs> so that's how it started is me needing to get out of the house and talk about something other than horses. And then we decided that, you know, we live in Florida and there's so much to do here that kind of a travel adventure show would be the way to go. Only we didn't want it to be boring. We didn't want it to be just interviewing people from Florida. We wanted to go out and actually do things and interview people as we went and make it a completely different kind of show. And that's what we did. A couple of years ago, we started traveling the state and having fun and doing all kinds of things. Well, excellent. So if you were to go back and start the show again, how would you do it differently? <laughs> I'll let Jenny answer that. One. I don't know. I have Lord. I have no idea what she's going to say. Um, I would say I would buy a new car first. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing all the miles I was going to have to put on this thing, I would that would have been my first move. Getting a sponsor to help me buy a car first. That's what we would have. We we forgot how big Florida was. Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty big state. And I'm all the way down south in the eastern corner of it. So anytime we do something, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty long haul to get up to like the northwest corner of Florida. But uh, that's probably the only thing I would say. You know, I, I don't know of anything that we could have done differently to approach what we were trying to do with the show. I was just getting Florida Podcast Network started. Like it was really a very fledgling thing and, and there was no flagship show on there yet. And so when Glenn was saying, hey, let's do, let's do it. I really want to do a travel adventure show. 
let's do finding Florida. You know, it, what we did, I'll instead answer what we did right. What we did right was we started planning out how do we approach it, figuring out what are the different areas of Florida we can go see, starting kind of creating a list. And then from there, creating a list of contacts and then figuring out how do we start off with a bang and go ahead and meet a lot of people right away and get this thing, get some grease into the wheels. In doing our research, we found that Florida, the Visit Florida's uh, Travel and Tourism Board, they do all kinds of conferences throughout the year. And just by happenstance, uh, within a couple of months of us starting the show, they were doing one called Florida Huddle. And so Florida Huddle is designed to bring in a whole bunch of media and then a whole bunch of places and locations and activities and things. And so there was a whole media conference and communication networking scheduling thing that you could actually go and schedule appointments with different visitor bureau from throughout the state. So it was amazing. We go, we went, I think it was in Fort Lauderdale, right, Glenn? Yep. yep yeah. So, yeah. And so we ended up setting up these, these interviews with, I mean, we must have interviewed about eight different, 10 different travel and, and tourism bureaus through, from throughout the state. And what that did was it allowed us to get onto the state. First of all, we were the first and only podcasters who were even had applied to be media at the event. And then by going out and interviewing all these different people, we packaged that as one episode. So they immediately saw what the fun of it was, what the potential of it was, the idea that we had, what we were trying to do, and then allowed us, gave us a bit of a kickstart for the show because now we had contacts. We had people in our pocket who we got an immediate feel for who got it, who was going to be enthusiastic and supportive. And we were able to take the show on the road from there in a, in a much more productive way. And then it also allowed us just to make those contacts that we could then um, start to really uh, massage and, and make good on and try to build relationships with for building out Florida Podcast Network itself. I think we did a lot of things right, actually, in starting the show. I, I actually am pretty proud of how we kicked everything off. It's always about building relationships. And, you know, Josh, I think we talked about that before. Everything that you do in podcasting is about building relationships. And sometimes you don't know where that relationship is going to lead. And sometimes down the line, you go, oh, I met this person. And once you meet him and still meeting people in person, going to conferences is 10 times better than meeting them on the phone. Uh, you know that you've been to conferences, right? When you mm -hmm. meet people in person, you develop a relationship. What's the same way when you're doing a podcast and you're meeting your listeners or your, the people you're working with in person, it's still better. So meeting all of those people in person was so much better. And the other thing that this show was is expensive to do. So we knew that in for the one first... of us more than the other. I'll <laughs> let you figure out which one. <laughs> so we knew that in the first six months we were going to be paying for everything we did, going out once a month, hotels, travel, some of the activities, uh, all of that when we were first getting started. As we went along, getting more of the tourist viewers involved, we paid for less and less to the point now where we go out, everything's paid for. So you know, but we knew we had to pay the piper at the beginning which, to the tune of thousands of dollars. It was not cheap. It, you know, this is that was an investment in getting this show going. And it mm -hmm. was the only way it was going to get going. It just wasn't going to happen otherwise. So we knew very, that very much an HRN funded show. To begin with. <laughs> but we also knew that down the line, it would be worth it. You know, yeah. and so and it has been, you know, it's still the flagship show with the Florida Podcast Network. Well, very cool. I guess it probably helped that you're not a novice to podcasting, so you've been able to apply your knowledge and <laughs> skills and things like that. So that probably 
really helped be able to get this show off the ground. Oh, uh, there were a few things along the way. (laughs) Yeah, I'll say yes and no. Like, general podcasting knowledge, absolutely. You know, all of that kind of stuff. But, I mean, this is a totally different ballgame for either one of us. My career started with nothing but mobile podcasting, quote-unquote, only because I would go and meet my guests wherever they were. So I was used to going out and doing my show that way, but it didn't anywhere near involve... activities and all that stuff. It was just a quiet, normal office setting or something like that. And then with, in terms of Glenn's background, you know, it was all the horse industry related. So this was a totally, yeah, we had, we had pieces that we were pulling from, but this was a new venture for both of us. For me, I think it was a matter of scale. And then I think for Glenn, it was a lot of just how do we apply the knowledge to a completely different industry and listening audience and it was yeah it was it was quite a learning there was a learning curve for both i think and we had to figure out how to record you know when you're when you're in when you're in a convertible uh a a souped up convertible how do you record sound going 100 miles an hour you know how do you get the screaming jemmy in the back seat and so that it's audible determined to get every single time (laughs) every single time um you know so all of those things that we do every activity that we do we have to think about What's the best? And, and we have to keep it simple. We can't bring a whole lot of equipment because, you know, we're some days we're hitting 10 stops in one day. Right. So we have to be recording. And you know what ended up? Uh, here's a tip. Your phone. They all have great recorders now that are every bit as good as digital recorders you're going to find. So if we didn't have a lot of wind and noise, we would just use our phones. And because it's a travel adventure podcast, people want mm-hmm. to hear background sounds, right? They want to hear the wind at 100 miles an hour. So there's certain things that they'll forgive us for because it's a travel show. Whereas if, right now, if we're recording this with a whole lot of background noise, people wouldn't forgive us. Right. And it became about a lot about figuring out what's the balancing act. You know, how do we let some background sound in? that gives the ambiance and the atmosphere, but that doesn't take away from the conversation or from hearing the screaming Jemmy in the backseat or whatever. Right. And so sometimes it takes a lot of creativity. You know, we have to strategically place our hands around the microphone or put our bodies in the way of, of some of the source of the sound or something like that. And, and yeah, we do use the phone a lot, but we also have a mobile recorder with, you know, a couple of dynamic XLR mics. So when we know that the sound is just going to be overwhelming and no other kind of recorder was going to, you know, measure up, we definitely pull that baby out because we know it's, it's going to be necessary. So it's been, it's been a learning curve for a few different reasons, but also it's been a challenge. One that I, I've really welcomed, I think doing a show with as many challenges Finding Florida presents, it really it builds up your muscle for as a podcaster in a lot of different ways. The one thing we didn't count on and that I don't think I counted on was the amount (laughs) of time. (laughs) Injuries, breaking ribs. But was the pain. Yeah. Um, Was actually the amount of hours it was going to take to edit this show. Because we record so many, we may record 25 hours of sound and have to edit it down to an hour. So Jemmy does hours worth of pre. She takes all that sound and and takes out the nuggets. Then I take the nuggets, add music, add sound, do all of that. Between the two of us, it's probably 15 hours of editing. like that. Yeah, because we have, so we use the cell phones and the mobile mic for 
like interviews and things like that primarily. And then I also have on me, I call it my mini me. It's just a little dinky little handheld recorder that I bring with me everywhere. And I never, pretty much never shut it off. So I'll get hours and hours of of stuff. And the reason is because I don't want to miss anything that's random. (laughs) That's really good. And so then, yeah, I'll, I'll have to listen through that and find those little snippets that I know will just add a little bit extra life to the the adventure and the journey that we're trying to present our listeners and bring them on with us. So it does take a lot. And then I think Glenn is downplaying a little bit of his effort because he doesn't just add sound and add music. I mean, he, the research it takes to find, because it's not the same sound and music every time we purposely find music that's location specific. So as an example, the most recent episode was all about the Ringling Circus so he took time to find circus music to add in, you know, or we'll find an old destination commercial for that area. There's nothing better than finding like a vintage Disney commercial or vintage Crystal River commercial or whatever to throw in there somewhere. So he takes the time to find all of that stuff. And there's a lot of just very unique kinds of audio and it flows so well by the end of it. I, it's really it's a project I'm very proud to have my name on and his name on. Well, very cool. So, you guys actually answered a lot of the questions I was going to be getting into. You guys made that flow really, really well. So, <laughs> I appreciate that. And so, you able to cut me out of the podcast, and that makes it even better, I think. Uh, <laughs> Glenn, we took over the show once Yeah, again. we did it again. <laughs> I mean, Glenn's about taking over Dave Jackson's podcast, so... I know, I know. Dave really needs to stop talking about me. There's a wager on how far into the show he's going to mention my name. Oh, my gosh. My wife and I have this bet every week, and uh, it's like, oh, 25 minutes Like a drinking game. (laughs) I wrote to him the one day and said, Dave, leave me out of a couple of episodes, please. (laughs) You are the man, the myth, the legend. There's no denying it. Oh, funny. Oh, well, excellent, excellent. I, I really appreciate all the insight on that. So one of the things I'm curious about, and I know, Glenn, you've taught at least some to this in many other places, but being able to promote and to grow a local podcast, what are some things that you guys do to be able to promote your podcast, to be able to try to grow it? Well, relationships again, uh, you know, that still comes back to relationships. So by getting the tourist bureaus to help us, they were also promoting our show. Every mm-hmm. stop we made along the way, we send an email out after after every episode goes out with detailed instructions, even down to the wording of what they can use in their social media ads with the links and everything. We made it very easy for every stop to promote our show. Mm-hmm. So if we have six, seven, eight, nine stops in an episode, that's six, seven, eight, nine different groups that are going to be promoting our show. So again, it's relationship buildings. It's constantly, you know, it does help that I had an audience to start with and Jemmy did too, right? So we both had audiences to start with that will listen to, you know, my horse audience still listens to other podcasts and they listen, you know, they, well, we've said a thousand times, Jemmy, they come for the content, they stay for the hosts. And because they liked Jemmy and what she did before and what they, they liked me and what I did before, and and apparently people really like what we do together, that is what builds an audience initially, you know, for us, is because we're already building on something we had, plus getting the help of all of these stops that we've made. 
And also, Glenn has done a really good job of creating almost like a roadmap of collaboration and both in terms of other media kind of outlets like the visitors bureaus are for us, but then also in terms of listener involvement. And so the way that we've adapted that to Finding Florida is we try to always meet up with listeners at all of these stops. The listeners then become mega fans and they become a great oh, what do you call those megaphone <laughs> megaphone for for the show you know and then they're included in the show somehow we might ha- do a bit with them where we're doing trivia or interviewing them about living there something or they'll come and do part of the adventure with us like we did when we were in Orlando once we went up in the eye with some listeners or when we were in Sarasota we met some listeners for lunch and so we try to do that as well which helps just firm up the listening community, because you have to have super enthusiastic listeners to spread the word for your show. And so we've really made a point to not just talk about it ourselves, but the key is to get as many other people talking about it as possible. Okay. Well, very good. Now, so as you guys mentioned, the Finding Florida podcast is part of the Florida Podcast Network. So can you tell me a little bit more about what you're doing with that and maybe some of the things that you've done in starting those different podcasts? The first couple of shows that we, well, obviously the first first show that we had was Finding Florida. And then it was just about getting the word out, you know, giving us enough of, put a lot of effort into the SEO of the website and how, how it was built and kind of the technological ways there were to get the word out. And then at the same time, obviously, Finding Florida was doing a lot. And then I think we just kind of tapped into our own networks and things like that. And so the second shows that came on board, one, I think, was precipitated by that kind of exposure effort. And that was Beach Talk Radio, which is hosted by Ed and Kim. And Ed is the also the editor for Radio Inc. magazine and for he started the um, podcast Business Journal. So he's out in Fort Myers Beach. He, Beach Talk Radio was already a show and it was he was doing it live every weekend. And so he saw what we were doing and he reached out and said, hey, you know, what, what does it take to be a part of this? And it was interesting because when we were figuring out the different kind of partnerships that we could offer on the network. Obviously, we start with the HRN model, right? Because <laughs> why recreate the wheel completely? There were affiliates who own the show, and then there are media partners who, who have a show. But there wasn't really a model yet for the independent podcaster who already had a show and wanted to bring it onto the network. So it took a little little while to figure out what is that model going to look like. There were a couple of conversations with other potential, what we call production partners, and they kind of fell through the cracks because it wasn't quite the right program or package. But by the time Beach Talk Radio came around, it was pretty well, well thought out and polished. And so they jumped on board And uh, right at the same time, I think within two days, Suzanne Boyd, who was a 20-year local television news anchor down by me, she, and I've known her for years, she, I got wind that she had left the news station and was kind of taking time to find a new project. So I reached out to her and I said, I might have one for you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we started talking and she loved the idea. Uh, you know, she was looking for a source of, of independence and a way to be, for, uh, to have a creative outlet that was her own. 
And so she started as the host of People of Palm Beach. So Beach Talk Radio and People of Palm Beach were the first additional shows that came on board. And then after that, Glenn and I were talking more and it's always we're always trying to think ahead and strategize and whatnot. And we really want to wanted to solidify ourselves as some of the leaders of Florida podcasting. You know, there's some people in our, in our, in our inner circle who are amazing leaders on the scene, like, like Chris Kermitzos, for example, who founded the Florida Podcast Association and PodFest. But we wanted to kind of put our stamp on that space as well here in Florida. So we launched the Florida Podcasting News as a way to, sh- I mean, plus <laughs> Glenn's brain is picked all the time. My brain is picked all the time and we can't answer all the questions. So we think- figured if we have a show that highlights Florida podcasters and the Florida podcasting industry and then closes out with a tip from one of us on every episode, that was a positioning piece for us was, was that show. So we started the Florida Podcasting News show shortly after those other shows came on board. And then after that, there was somebody who I had had my eye on and been a bit of a fan of for quite some time. His name was, if not was, he's perfectly fine. His name is (laughs) Dave Butler. And if you listen to any of the shows, you know that I'm kind of a craft beer enthusiast and he has been writing the Florida beer blog for five years. And one day, randomly, it came to my attention that he had started a podcast. So I checked it out and I said, I adore this guy. I think he has so much potential. He has a lot. He's consistent. You you can't fake the kind of curiosity he has for the space, which is all kinds of things that make a good host. But his show quality needed some improvement. And I thought, you know, because he was he was new, he didn't know how to do it. So I really believed in him and I reached out and we had an awesome couple of conversations and the timing was actually pretty perfect because he was on the cusp of being featured in as a guest co-host for a local radio show that was doing a huge beer fest event. And not only that, but he was on the about to be featured in Forbes magazine. So the timing was perfect. We got him on to the network with his 21st episode, which I thought was poetically perfect for a beer show. And yeah. And then right after that, he was on, he co-hosted that radio show. And then just recently he's got, he's gotten featured in Forbes. So his show starting to take off and gain some real traction. And he's gone all over the state interviewing people. And it's been phenomenal to watch him figure out, you know, the, the potential for his show. So lots more things coming from there. And then the newest addition to the Florida Podcast Network is actually my own solo show. I haven't had a solo show since for two years because I gave up my solo show to dive in fully into building Florida Podcast Network. So this was my first solo show in two years and it's called People of Florida. And so Glenn, I was only slightly offended when you said you didn't want uh, Finding Florida to be a boring show that just interviews people from Florida. I'm like, hey, that's my <laughs> new show. <laughs> So yeah, so that that was called People of Florida, and it's exactly what it sounds. I I interview someone from Florida, good, bad, or ugly, whatever their thing is that they've got going on. We have such a kaleidoscope of cultures in this state, so I wanted to highlight them. So doing that, and then also as a side tip uh, for anyone who's looking to do geolocal podcasting, in developing people of Florida. And this is something that I'm so glad that Glenn has helped me figure out to put in practice. When you're developing a show, 
also always think about who are those media partners who are going to help you promote your show and how can you get them involved in it. And so as a second segment on the on People of Florida, I have a rotating lineup of guest storytellers. And these are people all over Florida. They're reporters, they're authors, they're visitor bureaus, representatives, tour guides, et cetera, et cetera who are going to come on as a second segment and tell me the story of some maybe hidden figure of history or some interesting current person that we need to know about. And so they're going to be doing that. So that's the people of Florida. And uh, it's just started. Literally, I'm halfway through recording the second episode today. So I'm very excited about that show. So right now, Florida Podcast Network has six shows. And we are... um, also kind of in the very, very early stages of developing the seventh. So things are very exciting for Florida. And I want to clarify that I said I didn't want to do another boring <laughs> <laughs> And I want to clarify that I was, I'm insulted that you think that a show that just interviews people from Florida will be, I hope I'm making you proud and that it's not boring. <laughs> As the other thing, the other tip is you have to get along with your coast. Yeah, uh, we bicker all the time, but it's, it's bickering with love. <laughs> I mean, Glenn, Glenn, his, his advice to people all the time is if you're going to have a co-host, what do you say? I say if you're going to have a co-host, you need to be able to travel with them. If you can't go on, on vacation with them for a weekend and have a good time, they shouldn't be your co-host. And in Jimmy and I's case, we're proving it <laughs> yes, exactly. with every episode. <laughs> Well, excellent. Well, I appreciate all that. And I know that the person listening would be able to get a lot out of this, but if we can try to maybe boil it down to maybe just a couple points right now, if someone was going to start a local podcast, what advice would you give to them? Maybe start with Glenn. Yeah, I would say, you know, we know other people who are doing local podcasts and they all have the same story. And the story is you got to get out of your you got to get out of the house. You got to get out of the studio. You got to meet people. You got to be around your town. If you want to be that town's podcaster, kind of to replace the morning drive radio show local that doesn't exist anymore. You know, there's no local radio anymore. So if you want to be that person, if you want your show to be that show. You've got to get out. You've got to record on locations. You've got to meet people. You've got to go to the restaurants. You've got to go to the events. You have to get out. If, there are probably people that could prove me wrong. You could do an interview show sitting at home doing this, but it's not going to be as effective and have the, the kind of feel that you're going to get from a local show if you're out and about. And you know, everybody that we know that's doing local shows gets out. You know, for instance, the uh, Beach Talk Radio, they record it on the beach at a restaurant and all their guests come to them at the beach. So, again, they're out and about meeting people in person. When you're doing local, I think it's very important to meet people and for them to meet you. And by meeting you, then that develops relationships, you know, gets you sponsors in the future. And also, but gets you out doing, you know, Suzanne, who does uh, People of Palm Beach. Thank you. People of Palm Beach. She gets asked to MC things, to do things, because she's the person of Palm Beach. And to become that, you have to get out. I don't know, Jimmy, you might argue with me on that. I don't know. but Well, no, there's nothing to argue. I would just add to it that also get other local businesses involved. Get your local businesses involved in a way that is collaborative. Get them to be maybe featured on your show somehow and kind of 
initiate those relationships because again, if they're featured on the show, they're going to talk about the episode and the show and share it and et cetera, et cetera. But then also in the future, they might become sponsors if you've built up that relationship. So exactly Glenn's point, getting out of the house and meeting people, shaking hands, but then also make sure that you're involving the local community, the local businesses, the local visitor bureau, the local chamber of commerce, let them know what you're doing and what you want to do. So in doing Finding Flora in particular, one thing we learned was what is a visitor's bureau's mission? What is the chamber's mission? And those are two different things. The visitor bureau wants people from outside of the area to come and visit and spend money. The chamber wants people from within the area to make more business connections and build up the economy. So approach those two places knowing that that's their pain point, that's what they're trying to do, and tell them, hey, like, for example... If we're, if we're doing something with, with Dave's show for Florida Beer Podcast, we might reach out to Kevin Wotrowski from Visit Tampa Bay and say, hey, we have a host with this great show. He wants to come out. Can he do a brewery hop in, in Tampa Bay? And then Kevin, hopefully, would set all that up. And then all of a sudden now we have Dave going around different breweries in a whole new area, meeting new listeners, meeting new, you know, all the businesses there. And so building those relationships. And so that's what you have to do. You have to reach out to visitors bureaus, reach out to chambers, reach out to local, local businesses and local organizations. Another thing to keep on the your eye out for are meetups. Meetups are very, very local. And so if you go onto like meetup.com or you go onto Facebook and find a local meetup group, that way, these meetups within the interest scope of your show, all of a sudden now you are completely immersed in potential listeners. So again, talking about Dave, there's a, there's a, actually a craft beer enthusiast meetup group from in Broward and they go to different breweries and all these breweries that they go to, they've been the subject of Dave's show. So if he walks in and mingles, I mean, it's a shoe in right? He becomes like an instant star to these people. And that's Every, every show host can do that kind of a thing. It's about making those contacts, but understanding who else is out there trying to do something and how can you work with them to make it happen? Just like the meetup group wants more members, Dave wants more listeners. So the two where they join forces, they both can win. So you got to figure out how do you pair up and partner with different entities in your local community. I'll add one thing to that too, is if you live in a town that has a convention center, watch all the conventions that are coming in. And if there are conventions that you think might be interesting to your local audience, get a media pass and go. Plus the people you're going to meet at those conventions are maybe potential sponsors. They're maybe local to the area. We went to the food show here, the wholesale meets retail food show here in Florida. And we met a ton of people there that have restaurants and businesses in Florida. So it was, was a great episode you know and plus we got to eat a lot of free food we did Um, we did (laughs) but but we got media passes for that and you can do that and you know keep an eye on all of those things is it a lot of work to do a local show that you want to be successful and you want to be the biggest in the area yes it will be a lot of work will it be rewarding in so many ways yes because you're going to meet people that you would have never met otherwise and you see your show become popular a lot faster if you make that kind of an effort and we 
And we believe, and, and you know, this is proving to be true now with local shows, is there's the potential for sponsorships on a local show is actually much greater than it is on like my national shows. Because my sponsors now all have to be looking nationally. If they're a local if they're a local tax shop or business that sells tech or horses locally, my shows aren't for them because they're national and international. So I'm always looking for the national level sponsor, whereas your local show can be anybody in town could be a sponsor. That's right. So, That's yeah. right. And on that note, go do it. <laughs> and cut. <laughs> it, is the wave of the I, it is the wave of the future. I do believe that. <laughs> we, we both believe that local shows are the wave oh, of the future. Very cool. Well, I appreciate all the time, all the insight and humor thrown in there as well. And so I know we've covered... Actually, I have one oh, more thought. Ahead. I'll just Uh-oh. add to completely now, this step all over you for trouble. one last this, thought. This, you're welcome to cut this one out, whatever it is. <laughs> No, you're going to like this one, Glenn. So another thing, when you're talking about opportunities to grow your show, think about, again, kind of going on what Glenn said about not making a boring interview show. Think about ways that you can segment your show to keep it interesting. So, And then how do you use those different segments to your show's benefit? So you might have a segment where you do interview someone, or you might have a segment that's dedicated to a local restaurant, or a segment that's dedicated to finding, you know, talking about local events or something like that. So think, what are the different segments that you can do through your show to keep it very interesting for your listeners, offer them a lot in one show. And then also by natural consequence, you have all these many more guests and people involved in each episode that then promote each, each episode of the show. Thanks for listening to this episode of podcasting experiments. If you found this episode helpful, share it with someone you think would also benefit together. Let's help raise the bar for podcasting. Check out the website at podcastingexperiments.com. Do you want to take your podcast to the next level, but just don't have the time to make it happen? Is your time stretched to the max, struggling just to get your next podcast episode out? Do you need help just getting started? Podcast Guy Media can offer the solution to both recover your time and improve your podcast. Go to podcastguymedia.com and find out how. And the specific podcast that we're going to be talking about today is the. What am I? Brain just go away.